Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we have with us Alexander Viktor Semenyuk. He is the best-selling Ukrainian American author and recipient of the Literary Titan Golden Award. He has written 19 plus books. A few of his books include Paradise Harbor, Paradise Shores, The Breath, String of Destruction, etc. He is also very active in Medium with around 8.2k readers reading his work. So Alexander, I'm very excited to talk to you in this podcast and I'm looking forward to learn from you. Very excited to be here. Thanks so much for uh, inviting me. Let me start from hearing about the book which you're most proud of and why is it your favorite? It's actually a tough question because I have, uh, it's two different books will be the answer. My favorite book is definitely Paradise Harbor. And that's because it was very, you know, I was very inspired when I wrote it. And it was the first book that got a good traditional publishing house contract and contract for the whole trilogy. So very important book for my career. But uh, just as far as just feeling good, like um, the first book, I think, will be the one because just doing it and finishing it and starting it. Uh, the, the very first novel seems like a very long time ago, but I think that will be like that that first step will be I think I felt really good. You can say like just a little proud of myself when I finished my first book. It, it felt really big. So I remember writing short stories when I was a kid, and uh, I wouldn't finish. It has happened with me many times. So being able to like start a book and then finish the whole story is it's a big deal actually especially when you're writing books and you have written 18 plus books that's a big number so the next question for me is how did you end up like writing so many books so i have seen authors who have written a few books three or four but being able to write 18 books is a is a huge achievement in itself so how did you end up writing so many books I've written about it a little bit on the blog, but I think it's the multiple things that go into that. I think one big one is just uh, loving literature and writing. Another big thing is not letting disappointment get to you. If you have very high expectations for, let's say, first book I've written, I had very, very high expectations. You know, I didn't really understand things or marketing or how it actually goes and that it's super rare for someone to get a big hit right away. So I had very, very high expectations. So when it came out, you know, I didn't get a movie contract or anything like that. It wasn't huge. I was very disappointed and I didn't write for a whole year. But then I got my mindset back and, uh, you know, just the love of writing. My second book was more just about, you know, what I just letting myself go with ideas and not having any expectations. And I think that's one big step is working hard and doing your best, but not having crazy expectations. Just just do your best and then whatever happens, happens after that. And you you learn a lot. If you, if you become okay with the f- sort of failures and you're ready to learn from them, then you can see the progress and improvement. And eventually, I mean, Paradise Harbor was my eighth eighth book. And it was the first book they got a very good contract. So, um, you know, if I had given up after third or fourth book, or that obviously never would have happened. So so it's just a big, not giving up is a big deal. And loving what you do and creating some time for it. And yeah. I think it's also important to know for writers that even if in the start, your audience is very small, even if it's a few people who like your books, that's still great. You're still sharing with somebody. And if they love it, that's amazing, even if it's just a few people. So I can relate to this with my podcast. My first episode, first and second episode, I was not satisfied with it, actually. There were like a lot of noise and I was also very nervous now i'm doing comparatively well so it's like a journey you do your first book or podcast and you do something you learn from those mistakes and then you improve and it keeps on going and then not giving up is actually the key you talked a bit about marketing while you were talking about uh, like how did you end up writing 19 books so what kind of marketing does 
an author of a book need? What steps can a new author take to market his or her book? If I'm giving advice to someone who's just starting out, that's something I didn't realize for a long time. I only started a, a medium blog like a year ago, less than a year ago. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even because of me. It's because of my sister and her friends mm-hmm. recommended me. Otherwise, I still wouldn't know. But I would definitely recommend a new writer to start a blog, start getting very active, getting to know people or writing short short stories or personal experiences on there. I think that's huge in helping with your novel or your book or whatever, any kind of book that you are planning to publish or have published, having an audience through a blog is huge. You can always market using money, but you'll need a lot of money to get it to enough people to get going. But if you have a good following on a blog, it's, it's a huge, huge bonus with your work. And of course, you have to give back. You can't just expect that people are going to be getting a book and sharing your link and stuff like that. You have to also share and be genuine in that community. There's many websites too that you can pay. And if you do it correctly, or let's say at the same time in different websites, you can get it going, but it's it's rare because a lot of people do it that way. So you just have to, I guess, has to click with, you know, you just have to get a little fortunate with that. But the biggest advice I would say is start a blog, start talking to people on your Facebook page. Medium is, I think, the best outlet for writers right now out there. So that that's that would be my recommendation. I would say I'm a new writer. So actually, I have written a lot, but it's all like scattered everywhere. Recently, only I decided to combine everything and put it on Medium and being more active in my writing. So let's see how, how that goes. And I'm at the beginning of building the community. And I actually, I wrote a few articles and people are so open. And even the publications, they give very good feedback. And then we just make the modification and they accept uh, the articles. So the Medium world is very nice and positive and it's a good environment. And actually, I know an author who had a blog and a podcast and he was just posting his little stories and okay. eventually he got to hundreds of thousands of followers on there. And then he decided to do a novel from the stories and it became a huge, huge hit, huge hit. So that, that would be like, there's real examples of that out there. If you just keep keep on going and you know be patient and persistent. So one thing actually I struggle with right now is there are like two things. One is my personal experiences and the other one is my technical experience. So I want to write about both, but like people say that you should have a niche and you should focus on only one thing while you're writing. So do you suggest the same? Should I have two different blogs or should I just post everything in one place? Because for me, it's easier. That's the only thing. But yeah, what are your suggestions there? Personally, for me, I post uh, about everything. I don't have, you know, one particular. I think uh, my blog leans toward this inspirational stories, but then I have mm-hmm. a whole list there. I've broken it down into lists. And uh, I, I mean, I have a lot of my short horror stories on there, which is funny. It's funny contrast. Poetry, well, well over 100 poems I, I've posted on there. Interviews, the written interviews, you know, where I send authors the questions and they send it back to me and I post. There are things that I post about other authors. The, the only things I really stay away from is like uh, political discussions. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I post about everything else. So for me, it's fine not having a niche, but I've seen both types mm-hmm. have really big success in blogging where you, you just post about one thing. And so I've seen a bunch of people very, very successful with that. But I've also seen really big bloggers on Medium too, who just post about everything and they're huge. There's, there's one guy with like 200, I think thousand plus followers on Medium. He just posts about everything, but I think he's there for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, so. But it, it takes a while, but I think both work. I think both are right. It's just, if you, I think my thing would be if posting in the niche only will make someone kind of not have fun, make them tired or a little miserable, then it's not good. You know, it's it's better to just make sure 
that your blog is also bringing you like a fun time and joy as well as you know you can mix it like it, it's your work but also should be uh, good for your spirit yeah. otherwise it's, I, i've also seen so many people give up even since i started on there i've seen dozens of people that in my first three four months i was communicating a lot with but they're no longer on there they just gave up so but i think they weren't having like a good time right so you have to have a mix mix of these things so like i've also given up actually so not on medium but in youtube so i started posting technical videos and then all of a sudden i started feeling self conscious and then i stopped then again now i'm starting my podcast and i'm working on the medium as well so hopefully i will move forward so this time i am very focused that i should not stop because when i see my old videos so slowly like initially i was not getting lot of views but now after 3 4 years i see that they have got like 25000 views and stuff and then i realized that i actually missed an opportunity for four years opportunity where i could have grown my channel to become a big success so i think the consistent consistency is the big part over there to the next question what motivated you to become a writer what was the story over there yeah it's uh i think just something born with from god but cuz since i was a kid i i write little stories and you know just walk around run around tell it to my parents the stories it also it's i think important to have the right environment for your talent and i was fortunate in that regard uh, both of my parents who were journalists they had a ton of books and my mom read books to me all the time and they always encouraged my creative side i think it's very very important because if you are even if you are born with a, a well, i think everyone is born with some sort of talent and yeah. it's important to to find it so but you know so many people just you know just they're not in the right environment unfortunately is to to develop I was very fortunate in that regard to have it developed and be encouraged and when i moved to us it was a little for about 3 years there was a barrier because i had to learn the language and then i mm-hmm. after that I started writing in in english so but i i it took me a long time to get very comfortable writing english to the point where i could write a novel yeah. and feel good about it so but it's yeah i think it's it's always kind of been with me and i'm just really happy to be able to be doing that blog now I have so many books and just you know keep it going it's definitely a big blessing for my case actually i even i used to write when i was kid like as i mentioned before so mostly it used to be whatever i dreamt with some i used to remember them and i used to write that down and then i used to show them to my friends around so that's what i used to start the story make it there will be some suspense interesting and all those things and then i never finished that so that's one thing if you see my profile the first post in my medium is a story which is incomplete i should like uh, work on that <laughs> have any suggestions being able to finish the story so initially when i start writing i'm very excited about it and then slowly i tend to get bored and when i get bored it's very difficult to write how do you work with that so finishing is is really hard so that's you yeah. know that's not that's it's really hard for many people to to finish the get, getting to the end and uh for me with i didn't finish some books still i mean it, it just happens or i have even novels i've had novels where i right half an hour on and i just that's it and i'm like i look back at it and i think about it and i just say i don't like it you know and that's it the way i do it is i always come up with kind of what i want the ending to be so after i craft the mini plot and the characters i already have i want to have an ending in mind already and then when i write i have a reminder of the ending in my head and just kind of go towards that go towards the finish line and uh, most of my books also kind of the writing flows from me so but i did have one really long book where it was just kind of like hard work where i would every day mm-hmm. just say, have to write a paragraph today and i would and that said you know see what it wasn't that enjoyable so i think having some the joy 
the joy in the writing, the piece is important to getting to the finish. Uh, so that's, and I think that has a lot to do with, you know, the seasons of our life and the inspiration and what will drive it. So like you said, if, you know, if you got bored with the story, maybe in your life, something's changing or shifting or different atmosphere and that atmospheres in the story is no longer, you know, very relevant to you. So I think that's a really normal thing. So it's, it's either you have to kind of go fast through the writing while you're feeling it and you're in that zone and you're in that situation in life, or you write about something or this, a subject that's kind of eternal and you know it's going to keep your interest going. Okay, that actually makes sense. So if I finish uh, the story the day when I got the idea, and when I'm excited about it, I think that would help. And one other thing I struggle with, especially with medium articles, is that uh, when I, I complete an article and then I start overthinking whether I should post it or not, whether it's good enough and all those things. So how do you work with that kind of thought, like if you have any? I say always, always post. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll, you get with it. Because you're sharing, you know, who you are, your experiences, your opinion on the subject. And there's, there's always going to be people who are not going to like it. And there's always going to be people who are going to like it. So it's, yeah. Yeah, you just, you just, you just have to, you just have to post it and it's, it's okay. You know, it's important not to worry about what others will think, um, you know, just do your thing and be yourself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just I would just recommend just you know, like I said, no overthinking too much. That happened to me in the beginning too in the in vlogs. Mm. But once I I kind of got a hang of it, mm -hmm. you know, and just posting, posting. I think also doing it when you're doing it frequently and you're communicating with a lot of people on there, talking with them, and it's just becomes part of your kind of routine, sharing your thoughts. And it just, it, over time, becomes easier. Just like you were talking about with your podcast, you know, the more you're doing it, the more comfortable it's getting and, you know, more fun, I guess, and stuff like yeah. that. Okay, that makes sense. So did you consider any other career option other than writing or you knew that you have to be an author and a writer? Yeah, I, I had to work, uh, you know, other, do other things mm -hmm. for for finances. But I always, you know, put away some time for writing. Either I used to write mostly late at night. So just whether it's 30 minutes or two hours, just, just at least give 30 minutes a night. That's what I used to do. Now with the blog, it's more, I'll write anytime I'm open or free. I'll write morning, mm -hmm. midday, night. But for novels, it's still my favorite time to write is at night. But I just, I okay. just write but less now because of the blog. So I'm, I'm a little slower with the with the books now, but I'm still, you know, getting them out. Even for me, I think the nighttime is the best. I have few experiences, especially when I was uh, laid off from Google. So that time I was, I won't say that I was in a good state of mind, but I'm very proud of things I have written at that time. So in a way, it was good. I became a better writer at least when i compare myself before and after i feel that one of my best writing is from there and like now i'm growing so yeah yeah this, that's wonderful yeah seeing the growth <laughs> yeah so do you use any tools in your day-to-day -day writing like tools or apps or you just write yeah i write on the phone which is kind of funny mm -hmm. only phone and I do I write in the notes so a okay. note at phone I that's where I write all my stuff and I'll just I'll edit in there but editing is usually for me like I'll write something and I'll just go through it and correct grammatical mistakes and that's it now I'm, I'm ready to post okay. for for novels is different because it's so long mm -hmm. and uh, I've only recently got a hang of like reading my own stuff 
but before I didn't like reading my own my own books. You know, I would write it and then send it to my editor. So, so for novels is different. The, the blog is easy to edit. You know, you, you write your own thing and then just go back, correct grammatical mistakes. Takes a few minutes. Well, yeah, with the novels is different. Man. But I mean, at the very end. If you're self-publishing, at the very end, you have to format a few things like a Word document and cover and all that stuff. But if you are with a publishing house, you know they do everything for you. You just write your thing and send in. That's it. So I really resonate with one thing. You mentioned that you don't like reading your stuff. The same thing for me. I don't want to listen to my podcast until it gets edited by my editor because I tend to... think oh my god this is so bad <laughs> and then i tend to feel conscious so i just i don't listen to once the recording is done i just forward it to my editor and then he does the editing and then if i have any final feedback on the audio he does that modification because if i go through my stuff again so that that's what happened with the youtube channel so i used to edit my videos by myself and then it actually the first thing was it used to take a lot of time and the second was i used to feel conscious the way i'm speaking and everything it feels i'm very critical to myself so i just do that i mean i feel happy that yeah this kind of you might have a different motivation for not reading your stuff but for me it's this but i like the thing that i'm able to link link with you on this point so it's pretty cool that you use just the notes app to like create all your writings and it's like awesome yeah it's surprising usually when i tell people it's it's pretty funny so i also want to know like how do you come up with ideas for your books yeah usually um a lot of it will come from uh, just when i'm spending time on a in the nature or on a walk and i'm just thinking and different thoughts are coming to my head and uh, sometimes it can be um, really anything like i'll see an image of something like a drawing or i'll hear a song and just something just goes into my head like it can start with just one sentence in my head you know it'd be cool to have this type of thing this type of story and then after that i'll you know come home and write write down a few char- main characters to begin with and you know see if i like it see if it flows and gets going and Uh, I've had some as you mentioned dreams before I think a few ideas have gotten from dreams I think a lot of people like writers and song songwriters filmmakers they do get a lot of ideas from dreams and you know some people even have like a notepad next to the bed and, you know they get up they want to write it down fast before they forget I think that's a good it's it's a good idea because dreams do sometimes you know bring us amazing unique uh, sort of experiences but uh, mo- mostly it's i would say just like if i'm out on the run in the nature or walking in nature sitting by the river or lake uh, anything like that i think that's when most of my ideas come into my head and i just write I'll write it down and see where it goes from there so recently i also started writing like if i get a dream and if i find it interesting i just write at least what i dreamt that day and i use uh, this a app called devon app so i install that and i write logs every day so that actually gives me inspiration so whenever i'm walking or thinking in my head and if i get an idea i just write it down it's not required to execute them but i write it down for future mm-hmm. inspiration so yeah even i pra- started practicing it recently So I got this idea from a book named Story Worthy. It's an awesome book. So uh, where uh, he mentioned uh, that every moment there are like lot of moments and if we don't write about them that day itself we tend to forget and these moments can like become a source of an idea which can in the end become a book or an article or anything. So I really like that idea and that's why I started this practice and it's called homework for life so you keep on writing your stuff for life so now coming to your books what is the process of publishing your book so once you have written the book what steps do you take after that yes yeah, so there's there's the 
traditional. There's three types of publishing right now out there. So there's traditional, then there's one that kind of called vanity, I guess, and there's the self-publishing. I've done a lot of self-publishing and then four books through traditional publishing. And uh, the process is different for, so let's start first with traditional. Traditional publishing is you write your book, preferably give it to an editor first before sending it out. So you can, so you can either, um, there are publishers who accept your manuscripts from you. uh, And that's what I did. There are many publishing houses that you have to go through an agent. So, so that's the two ways for traditional publishing. You can send to agents first, your manuscript, and if the agent likes it, they will contact publishing homes mm-hmm. or send it out yourself to the ones that accept it. It's, it's a long process because for, I think, average agent to get back to you, it'll take two, two to four months. That's also advisable to send to many agents at the same time, if that's the way you want to go. And the same with the publishing houses, you want to send it to many publishing houses at the same time because of how long it takes for them to say yes or no. So once they say yes, they do say yes, then you, usually they'll send you a contract, you sign the contract, and they'll give you the date when they are going to release your book. And during that time, they will work on getting a cover for you or you can get them a cover uh, yourself if you really, really love something that works perfectly for the book and they'll do their own editing and they'll explain to you what what kind of marketing they will do there's a lot of benefits to it you know they'll do a lot of things for you that traditional for self-publishing it's much easier now to self-publish with amazon than you know ever before it can be good and bad because there's a lot of people who just publish something that hasn't been edited. No one has reviewed it. The final product is not very good, but you know you can just publish it on Amazon no matter what. So it is important for you to still to get an editor, get that part done, create a good cover, find an artist for the cover. So you you want it to be polished and nice, even if you are self-publishing and. And uh, you register with uh, KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing for Amazon. And from that point on, it's very easy. You just get on their site. You say, uh, create a Kindle book. After that, you say, create a paperback. You write your own description, tags, which categories you want the book to be in. You upload the manuscript. You upload your cover. And that's it. You just click publish. And the same day or the next day, it's out. So it's self-publish. The but so marketing has to be all you well that's one difficult thing with self-publishing the other big thing with self-publishing is that a lot of people won't take you very seriously and i've noticed it in my own like writing you know once i got the traditional contracts and it was a good publisher and there was more interest in my books in my writing and you know it was it was taken more seriously so that's that's i would say one negative one major mm-hmm. negative of just self-publishing and it's not uh and you know a lot a lot of great writers self-publish so it's not sometimes it's not fair but it is i think because there's so many books are being self-published now so many of them are very low quality product that creates a little of a, a bit of a problem like I think this year alone already, there has been, I think, about 50,000 books published on Amazon. That's a big number. Yeah. And it's just, and most of them are self-published. So it's to, you know, how do you stand out with your self-published book and say, you know, there's 10,000 books in my category that just came out also, but, you know, read mine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you have to have kind of a, a good profile that you've built and to show that you have done perhaps also traditional publishing and that's that's when the whole mix comes in you know having a blog traditionally published books and 
experience. Okay. So this is like a very good information. I actually didn't know, like, especially the part where you said that, like, pros and cons of self-publishing versus going through a traditional publishing process. So this is good for me. And I think, I hope the listeners also find it beneficial. Okay. So in case of self-publishing majorly, how do you make sure that your books are reaching the right audience? So do you do something for that or? Yeah, you have to put in a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of talk to a lot of people. So if you, if you run a blog, which is, you know, as we're discussing, super, super beneficial, then it's always good to post about your book on the blog and, you know, ask your audience to support you. Reviews is a really big thing on Amazon, especially. The more reviews you have, the more people will be shown like your book on their Amazon page. So I had one book that a short, a little short horror book that I self-published and it, was, it started pretty well. It had a good start. And what I was doing is I joined like all these horror pages, groups on Facebook. And I would just ask, you know, you know, I'll, I would send them for free, like an ebook. Just ask, you know, you please read and then, you know, you can leave me an honest review. And that's, that's something I do advise new writers if they self-publish to do. To just, you know, not, don't worry if, you know, someone doesn't like that or you always going to have, you know, negative people who will say, oh, you know, why are you doing that? It's, don't worry about that. Just, you know, there there's going to be people who are going to like it and who are going to love doing that for you. And especially if you're giving a book for free, it's, it's nice. You're doing something nice as well. You're sharing your art for free. So when I, I, I got a lot of reviews in that book, which is very, very helpful. So that, that I would say that's the the best way to get it going. I mean, getting on podcasts is, I think, a great thing. Mm-hmm. If you're a writer, you just got a book out, and you either have to find uh, bloggers that write book reviews. Okay. Uh, that helps a lot. I know that helps a lot. Or podcasts or both, and that, that way you also can get your book out there. But you do have to put in the work. Because if you just publish a book and you expect to be seen, it's like we were discussing if there is, you know, another 10,000 books just came out in your category. A lot of them are going to be doing a lot of work for it. And if you're not doing anything, it's probably not, you know, no one's going to see it. So obviously there's friends, family, you have to let them know that it's important to you. And it's that's very helpful, you know, that like getting it, one review is very helpful. You know, one share is very helpful. A lot yeah. of people realize what, you know, goes into this and how much work goes into this and how tough it is. Because, you know, if you're not doing it, you don't know about it. So it's not that they don't want to help. It's just they don't think it's that important, you know, that they leave your review or something like that. So it is, it's crucial that you explain also to others. This actually, like, makes it a lot of sense especially like reaching out to friends and family and uh, asking them for a review uh, because it matters to you, like being explicit about it and telling to family and friends that it is important for you. So, so that like they also give attention. It's very important actually, like, especially when I think of from my side, I asked my uh, brother and my husband to take a look into my article and just read and give honest feedback. And they, they do it and like they also give you claps. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's that's great. And like I, there are moments when like I just publish an article and and my husband will just go and read through it and I just give claps and I feel so happy. At least he's so supportive about it. And it's it's very good. Yeah, it gives positivity as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So you have already mentioned but I would also want to discuss this in depth. What do you write in your medium articles? Like I have read a few and yeah, most of them are inspirational. And uh, there are a lot of articles about guiding new writers. The one which you said talked about how to get your first hundred followers in medium. So I read through a lot of them. So 
first thing is like how do you what is the motivation for writing uh, medium articles and the second one like how do you figure out that you have to write this or there's a mix of the more motivating factors just uh hel- helping others is a big one yeah, that's mm-hmm. very important to for that to be part of your writing well at least at least for me i mean that's it's it's a it's a base of my writing to provide something that can be of benefit whatever it is if obviously there's some things like i mentioned like some horror stories that's just that's more for fun you know and if someone mm-hmm. enjoys that type of fiction that's great and i love it and i appreciate it but most of it is just to you know bring some positivity or a positive change so that that's a big motivation other one is you know turn it into a kind of like a full-time job to get to the point where eventually it's the only thing you know i'm doing yeah that takes a lot time effort patience and that's that's fine with me that's that's normal so that's that's a motivating big motivating factor as well so i think i think that's two main ones for you know coming up with things and and uh yeah just being helpful out there you can there's many ways you can do that and you know one of the ways is to if you are doing well on there is to share what you're doing on there to get more readers it's i think it's a very positive thing for others another way is to you know when you write something about how to overcome fear or anxiety or how you've been able to overcome a personal issue i think all of these things are very helpful to other people just someone or you know more than someone many people may have similar yeah. you know personality traits to you and they'll say okay i had the same situation in my life and i can relate to that and reading that really uh, helps me emotionally so i think that's that's very good motivation for anyone that's out there so yeah like writing about personal experiences right so there have been times when i actually need help any situation like how to tackle that situation and i don't have any guidance and reading these articles where people talk about their personal experiences and uh, being able to relate to that and then finding a path from there so it really helps like reading the articles which is actually an experience and it's a real experience where people has come either going through or coming out of a situation and all those things is actually helpful and even like books both fiction and non fiction books are actually written from the experience of uh, past experience of the author and be, when we read that it actually gives us direction so like books are very strong way of influencing a person's life books and articles as well so to me is a powerful thing yeah I say agree. So you mentioned that you got 8.2k followers on Medium in just last one year, right? That's pretty quick according to me. So like how did you get that number of followers and how to get successful in Medium in general? I mean, as far as like success, you know, it's it's different. That's different okay. for every person. So I think as we were discussing, you know, if you if you are able to help others, even a small number of people that's very good success already mm-hmm. so but in general like building an audience and getting more readers and getting more followers email subscribers is just consistency and uh us this you know it's kind of sticking to yourself and evolving and getting better as you're mentioning you know you're reading articles that help you on there and that's i mean same with me from the start from the to, you know the first week my medium was created i was already reading every day like articles mm-hmm. by writers who are very known on there as you know how to do well on there and what you can do and, and i'm still finding out new things and mm-hmm. like and even know about you know they have the top writer stuff i didn't even know about some of that top writer stuff you know after like 3 4 months of being there and it's always something new you're you're learning but the only real way to learn on there is to read other people's stuff and to communicate and so i would say the number one thing 
is communication. I would say that you know communicating with other people on there is is just huge and really you know talking with them and it's not just you know you you know you go to the article and you say oh good, good job but you didn't you don't even know what the article is about mm-hmm. you know get to know what their blog is about you know and what what their interests are and slowly you know the more you communicate with them the more you learn about them and you're building a you know kind of a relationship between the writers and there there are now many writers that i have a good relationship with on there and you know will leave me positive comments or they will give me uh good feedback on what they don't agree with in the article and it's all really good and great and and I'll go and read their stuff. So that's that's one huge thing on there. Uh, consistency is another. Just being able to constantly go and to um, post. I mean, I post every day. It's not necessity, but at least I think I would say three to five times a week. Okay. If you, if a person with very consistent growth on there, three to five times a week is that that's should be a minimum as far as posting. Um, so posting interaction. Also, if you see others supporting you, like with claps, you, you, if you're never returning it, they're not gonna feel good about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think that's not nice anyway. You know, if you're not, you know, returning a favor in any way. So it's important to help others out too. And it also depends what kind of growth someone wants, how fast. Because I know there's people on there that are okay with getting, you know, 10 to 20 new followers a week. And they think it's great. And it is really good. Mm-hmm. That's totally good. And it's just, it just depends what your kind of your goals are and what you yourself consider a large growth. And there's, there's no, you know, wrong answer. I think, like, if, like, I'm averaging, I think, about maybe 800, 150 a month new followers. And that I think is really good, yeah. a big growth. But I think 80 will be a big growth too, because you are growing, you are going towards, you're getting more more readers. So it just depends, you know, what the personal goals are. And uh, a lot of the times in there, a huge amount of followers doesn't, also necessarily means you're being read less sometimes you can have a person with a thousand followers and but they're really really majority of them are really into your stuff you know if you mm-hmm. if you have ten thousand followers and only 50 of them are really reading your articles then it's you know it's not that great but if you have a thousand and you got 600 of them you know reading your articles then that's amazing so it just it just depends what, but I think without communication and building a connection with others in there, uh, neither one of these is, you know, is possible. So that would be the key, I think. And about uh, writing daily. So do you write beforehand and then publish for future? Or do you follow any other strategy or you just write and post? So what do you, uh, what do, you do there? Yeah, I do both things. So sometimes um, I'll just feel really good about writing. Like let's say at night I'll feel I'll have you know, a few hours free and I'll feel really good and I'll go ahead and write you know five posts and then I'll you know post them in the future five five days or just keep one or two for later days. But other days I'll just write something in the morning and post it right away. So I'll just look through it for grammar mistakes and post it right away. So I'll do both, and I think that's the most helpful thing for me as far as being able to do it every day because when i don't feel like you know let's say it's the morning and if i'm not really feeling it mm-hmm. on that the right and post right away i just look at my notes and here is the ones i pre-written a few days ago and i can just choose one of those so it's i think it's important when you do have some time and you're feeling like writing go ahead and you know write a few things and so you just kind of have it ready on hand if you are not feeling it on a particular day. That actually makes sense. And also from that, I remember 
uh, reading one of your article where you talked about you wake up early in the morning and then just write for some time then move ahead with rest of your day so that was very interesting so i also do do it a bit so i actually have a conflict so i want to do exercise regularly as well as i want to do my creative stuff in the morning so i'm still juggling between the two and i want to come up with a proper routine around that but yeah if you have any ideas you can share with me what do you do in your so exercise is a big or like i have to do it because like uh, i had gone through an injury and stuff and like i have to recover from that so it's mandatory for me but it's huge for me too and i think it's just so good for anybody really i mean mm. i love i uh, run i try to run at least three times a week you know a few miles every time it's really good for the mind and walking i just love walking i take my son on walks in the nature or park all the time and this is just so good for the body for the mind but just regular exercise like with dumbbells i, I had a broken hand to more than 2 months ago now so i'm recovering so i'm kind of getting back into the dumbbells and but yeah i think it actually goes well hand in hand if you're feeling good you know about your your body and i think exercise and running and stretching also helps your mind and when you're feeling healthier i think it also helps you to do other things like writing and it's i think if you really start to get anxious about not, not getting the exercise in it'll affect your other things anyway so right. i think it's better you know get your exercise in and have little less time to write but at least your mind is more clear and you you may be feeling even better so your writing may be better quality and you'll be able to write faster with better quality what rather than if you're a little anxious and you're you know your body didn't get to do the exercise and then i think it's just you may even write less even if you have a little more time to write so i think it's that's just my opinion on the on the matter but that's yeah. how i i see it in my life when i'm able to walk more run more do a little more stretching or exercise i also write better so how do you spend like your first hour so is it writing or doing exercise like I, i'm just curious oh like if if i'm in the morning kind of uh, huh. just up night yeah i uh, it's it's a, it's the blog first first thing yeah just breakfast some coffee you okay. know look at the blog reply to people write my own or post one i pre-written but i do like to uh, get out for a run afterwards or walk if i can or uh, but i was i was before i broke my hand i would do push-ups every morning so okay. that would be do push-ups which is very simple you know just as many as you can and that's like you know that doesn't take up much time um another thing i'm enjoying now is uh, like a breathing exercises mm-hmm. like uh wim hof or well, there's other ones and uh, i think that's very helpful for the mind as well in the body and the muscles the blood flow of heart so yeah as we talked before like being able to write is like one of the most powerful things it can influence a lot of people and in mostly in positive ways so what are your thoughts about writing in general and uh, is there any book which has influenced you a lot completely agree with you writing is so amazing and powerful and it's changed my life and changed lives so many people so um mm-hmm. just speaking of my life and <clears throat> i think just the gospels will be you know something that i read is most influential in my life but since we we are talking about literature and ra- authors and writers i have favorite writers and favorite books that also influenced me as a fictional writer a lot of for like thrillers and horror type of stuff Edgar Allan Allan Poe mm-hmm. and Lovecraft of I don't write in their style but you know just reading their works has been like really inspirational as far as my you know more suspenseful stuff with elements of horror and, and things like that it's very very cool 
My overall favorite uh, fiction books are Silence. It's by Endo, a Japanese author. He, this book was nominated for Nobel Prize last century. And uh, it's, it's an amazing, amazing work. Very different, unique perspective on faith and, uh, uh, you know, be, being an individual and how do you get through extraordinarily hard times and while keeping your faith. Um, this, it's an inspirational book. And Canticle for Leibovitz, that's a very interesting book by Miller. It, it's uh, actually a first ever book it went in an apocalyptic setting, like a desert type of post, a kind of nuclear war. This was the first ever book written about that. <clears throat> and um, it was written in the 50s. I don't know if it came out in the 60s. I can't remember for sure, but it's a three-part book, and it's just very, very unique. And it also has a lot of, lot of elements of faith. And so the, those two books are my favorite books, but of, of my mom when I was a kid, read me probably hundreds of books. And then when I could read, I, I definitely read like over a thousand books. So I think I had uh, periods where, you know, in this two-year period, this one writer was, you know, oh, this is the best writer ever. And then the next few years, oh, never mind, this writer, my, my favorite now. I mean, I, when I was a teenager, I had this long period where I just loved reading you know, like vampire books like, it's so weird but like dracula is so i mean it's amazing work dracula you know i was just i just love that book and and rice she was a great great you know author in horror genre and you know interview with vampires one of the books she wrote and i was really into those books for a period of time so a uh, dune if you've heard of this one it's a sci-fi with frank okay. herbert and it's it's they made several films about it. There's a new film that's very popular, Dune, a very philosophical, powerful book. So that for years that was my favorite book. So it's just a think from one thing to another, um, and it's it's given me a lot of you know ideas and thoughts and perspectives. And I've, I don't remember which writer said this, but it's when you read the books people in the past who are not here anymore it's like you're having conversation with them so you know you get a glimpse of their thoughts their beliefs and you talk with them so it's very interesting i also like believe in that uh, idea that uh, when you are reading a book you're actually even if it's like mostly so i read as well as listen to the books so it's like the person who has written the book is actually talking to you and duration when i'm reading a book at that moment like even if i'm not reading the book i'm actually living with that book so i cannot explain it uh, properly but it's like the book is all always in your head until you finish it something like that or yeah so this is like my feeling while I'm reading books and find it pretty different when I'm reading a book and reading an article because article is a short thing. But when I'm reading a book, it's like it goes for a duration, like for a week, sometimes for a month. So uh, that whole one month actually is an experience which has the book in it. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense, but... No, yeah. yeah, exactly how it is for me too. It's it's amazing, you know. It's in your head, and it's your part of that world. It's like visiting another yeah. world. Uh, it's uh, yeah. it's, it's uh, every book is an amazing new experience. Yeah, that's my thought process. So again, yeah, that leads to another question. So, what is the difference between writing a book and writing a medium article? Like, what differences do you find? there yeah so uh well like you mentioned the you know blogs are so short mm -hmm. so quick you you kind of have to put a lot of uh you know compress a lot of the thoughts into a short mm -hmm. section on the blog and also blog is it's totally you you know it's completely personal if i write a fictional character there may be some elements to the character that are me, 
but then you know i i try to create a character that's realistic that might have traits that i don't like you know but i create a character that way so but on the blog it's you know it's all you you know it's it's who you are and you're sharing yourself and your current thoughts and current emotions and how you you know past certain things and there are elements like that in your fiction as well but it's just it's not always totally you it's the you know you can you can even you know you, you can create a character in the book that's more of a villain and you think okay i want to make this person a more of an opposite person than i am mm-hmm. and the or even for example in paradise shores which is a sequel to paradise harbor so in paradise harbor the book is written from a first person perspective of a male male mm-hmm. investigator main character well, in the second book i write it from a of a perspective of a female character so okay. very new character and she is and it's you know i have to think about you know when i was writing i have to think about all the women i knew very well you know my wife my sister my mom Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I had to really, really think about some things because you can't write, you know, a female character thinking like I'm thinking my daily life because you know I'm a man. So it's 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 very different. So obviously, on my blog, it's me, and yeah. that's just you know who I am. So that that's that's a, that's a huge huge difference there. That makes sense, actually. Okay, so. The next question uh, what are the various ways by which authors and uh, writers can monetize their work this book you publish it and then you get like every time a person buys then they get uh, the authors get some money but is there any any other ways by which authors can monetize their work a lot of people like uh, these days you know the affiliate affiliate programs a lot of okay. people add links so and you can you know you can go in and research this and see which company you'd like to register for and so one way is to add links to your stories to your profile of this particular thing you like and then every time someone clicks on the link and they are they get something on the website you'll get a percentage from that um i actually haven't done that myself but it's something that a lot of people are doing obviously writing the actual blog on you know sites that pay you like medium is substack but uh with substack you have to already have a really big audience to go on there and get paid that's the big difference from medium for a medium you can just build up and you're yeah. getting paid so even if it's small percentage small pay you build it up and just stay consistent that's that's another way and then you in combination with your blog and your book you can you know both book on the blog and so you know you help each thing i think podcast is a really good great way or just making youtube videos you can make youtube videos about writing you know you put your book links in there you put your blog link you share i haven't done that myself too but it's is just how you said in the beginning i'm just nervous about that kind of thing you know just uh kind of making a video talking about things i don't know it's i prefer to write you know and put it out but as far as advice for writers i've seen some people do really great with making uh you know how to write or how to do this and this on the blog or how to self publish or traditional publishing tips they just make a video on and then they share you know so that's that's another way to combine yeah. to make obviously um the, the biggest one is to you know get noticed by uh some uh, bigger company like a you know Netflix or so someone like that you know someone big or get in contact with some known screenwriters or actors directors i mean that's always uh, i think for a writer who wants to eventually make a lot with the writing that would be the the best thing that can happen is to get with you know a big streaming service or some kind of director screenwriter you can do your best to you know send out those people 
on their pages and try to communicate to them on Twitter and stuff like that. And who knows? Some some people do get, you know, it's it's not even it shouldn't be called luck because you are putting in the effort. So you you will get if you get putting in the effort. You won't get lucky if you're not putting in the effort. So that obviously the that will be the best way. And yeah, and getting on podcasts like this one, for example, that's amazing because you know the, the more the more you are exposed and the more you come more comfortable you become with this sort of thing, the more people will come to your page, check out your books. So it, it just has to be, you know, effort and a combination of things, I think. And of course there's those rare rare times when someone just you know, it's their golden time or divine timing. They'll write one book and you know, they suddenly meet somebody and it's a huge hit, but it's like super rare. Even if you go back to like, you know, JK Rowling, Harry Potter, uh, she was, I think, I think she was denied by like 40 publishers. I think 40 publishers told her it's not a good book. So, you know, most people would have given up after five, maybe 10. So, I mean, she would have given up, I mean, you know, but now she's like the richest writer ever. So it's just that consistency and not giving up and keep going. And eventually something's, you know, when it's the right timing for you, it's going to happen, I think. That makes sense, actually. So the main thing which I can figure out is if you put in the effort, you will get more lucky. So that's the thing I can get from it. And it, it actually makes sense. We are coming towards the end of the podcast. And I have like few personal questions for you. How was your childhood? Tell me about it a bit. I grew up in Ukraine, and uh, I uh, it's it's mostly just fun adventure stories. You know, like I've mentioned before, the reading, a lot of uh, books, uh, lots of nature experiences. Just walking in the park a lot. Uh, I lived I lived by a river, or going into uh, another town called Lviv, a very historical old old city. That's where my other grandma I used to live, my, my mom's mom. And it was an amazing experience also to be outdoors, to see like old churches or old streets. Yeah, my, my parents put a lot, a lot of effort into, you know, uh, just giving me a lot of experiences, uh, experiences and just dedicating whatever time they could dedicate to, you know, my development. And I have good, good memories with, you know, with my uh, friends too, that I used to play outdoors all the time, you know, soccer, that football, you know, we call it football mm-hmm. there. There's just so many funny adventures. Winter is very harsh and crazy there, but that brings cool memories too. Lots of snow. I moved here as a teenager. I had just a lot, a lot of also great experiences with, you know, my sister. She was living here for a while and she's, you know, Took me to so many cool places to visit to see in in US, including like uh, Disney World. You know that was going there first time was really cool. So that's just the whole process of growing up and experiencing things. It's just very fortunate to have a lot of adventures and just experience mm-hmm. and kind of being always active, not sitting you know in one spot. Just always always activity and if it is sitting in one spot it's reading a book so that's an adventure as well mm-hmm. you know disney has been like my dream as well it's not accomplished yet but yeah someday let's see and also about like doing more adventure and experiencing uh from like for myself like my childhood has been mostly studying and yeah, it's a, an experience of like learning a lot of things which we uh, learn from school and stuff. But I would say that my experience from outside world has been like very less. And only after getting married, I realized that there is so many things in the world which we can do. And like my husband has a big network of friends. And when I got married, I had only few, like I can count two or three. So then I realized, like, when I observed him, I realized that he keeps in touch with people. And I, even if I have good friends, I tend to, like, not keep in touch. So then I started improving on that. 
it's a good thing like uh, exploring and experiencing different things and talking to people and everything yeah is there any defining moment in your life like which changed your perspective or something like that well, i think it's a good question i think maybe a few a few moments like that i think moving to us was a very different very different experience that's a huge one huge experience and becoming a father is uh, will be it's like a really, really huge one and that's uh, so positive and so amazing and uh i would say that would be the the very very top one the, this you know life changing is, is personality and it helps you and almost uh, motivates you to be a better person i'm reading about like uh, being a parent and there was one article i think it was in medium itself so the author mentioned that like once you become a parent then you are no more center of your world so before becoming parent is a different world and after becoming parent your kids are center of your world you are no more center of your world so that actually i really like that point uh, like uh, the way of thinking so when i think about my parents so right now i don't have any kids but when i think about my parents so for them we are everything and they do everything for us so it it actually this analogy makes complete sense and that's why it can be a, it, it is a defining moment in a person's okay. life yeah okay and uh, to the last question to you what would you say to a young alexander maybe 20 year old alexander i've had this question before and uh, i think uh just it's it's a boring answer i guess but it's i would i would say nothing you know i think everything is, happens for a reason so the way it goes so uh, everyone learns something where they're when they're meant to so i think that's it's kind of a boring answer but uh, that would be it well that's perfect actually uh, uh, and it makes sense cool this comes to an end of our podcast and i really like talking to you and see you again sometime in future yeah really good thank you so much it was awesome yeah